Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Is Brucey B going anywhere? Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hey, we run this back. We run this back. The Bench on ESPN Honolulu. I did not warn you of who that was. No, can you, you did can not. Can you take a guess of who you just heard in our opening sound? It sounded like some sort of WWE character. Totally off. Oh, boy. Michael Malone. Ah, there we go. The head coach of the Denver Nuggets, who I don't know how many drinks he was in. Uh, I don't know if that was just him, his natural self, but Michael Malone was all hype man today at the Denver Nuggets parade. Uh, They all were in good spirits. Yeah. uh, Nikola Jokic was, I didn't want to be here. Now I absolutely bleep and want to be here. This yeah. is the best day of my life. This is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put off my pony ride oh, one more day. It, it, was, uh, it was certainly quite the scene. I know there are questions about how many people actually showed up to the parade. Um, I, I don't care how many. It, it's a work day. I can't expect people to line up the streets in droves on a work day. Yeah. And just get sloshed. Yeah. Now, there is no excuse in Vegas because your celebration's on a Saturday. Mm. So uh, unless you are working on the weekend, if you are a five-day-a-week person and you've got Saturday off and uh, you're not there on the strip uh, amongst everybody else who is, then okay, we got a problem. But on a Thursday morning, I don't have a problem with a parade route that is not packed to the gills. No. All right. People uh, have lives. Yes. Um, there was also there. There are also a few issues today. Um, a fire truck ran over the leg of a police officer uh, during the Denver Nuggets parade. Uh, I don't fault the fire truck. Yeah, this is a SWAT sergeant. He was following the truck. Uh, who had been following the truck? He was in surgery after his left leg was run over, and he had to be extricated from under the vehicle. Wow. He was trying to protect parade goers who had gone around barriers, this is according to CNN, when he moved close to the fire truck, and it rolled over his leg, trapping him. Yikes. Ouch. Um, but that's- also, Denver's uh, 0 for 2 then with celebrating without... Oh, injuries. Oh, oh, for three. Oh, for three. Because there was also uh, a shooting. That, that's what I'm referring well, to. Well, not, not the one the other day. Another one? Today. That's right. Two Good people Lord. suffered serious gunshot wounds. The victims were in serious condition. Uh, it was a targeted attack that was, quote, completely unassociated to the parade, close quote, and the people involved were all acquainted. Uh, the suspect has not been identified and is not in custody. But it happened around the parade. Are we just heading back to the Wild West? You know, like the, the movies, whenever they start celebrating, they just start popping off their, their pistols when I hope they're excited. Not. Me too, but it, it almost feels like that. Like cops become super aware. You know, everyone's on high alert whenever their team wins. Mm-hmm. Like Philly, 
right. winning um, a, a couple years ago. Everybody was on high, high alert. And, man, we, we, we got to be better, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that was today. I'm sure we'll talk more about the Denver Nuggets parade a little bit later on. Here's what's going on right now, because there are a couple of things that we're watching as we open up the show. We're watching up uh, the U.S. Open at, at L.A. Country Club. Uh, Ricky Fowler, Xander Shoffley, both firing 62s, which uh, is the lowest round ever at the U.S. Open. And we got a couple of guys that might match that if they close their rounds out pretty strong. Dustin Johnson's at six under par. Um, Roy McIlroy is one of several at five under par. We're, we're seeing some low scores. At- we're also watching it live. Few, yeah. few times you get to watch a major in Hawaii live in the middle of the day. Thank goodness for West Coast golf. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, we're watching Rory. Uh, we'll have an update, a live update coming up in just less than 10 minutes. Also, we are watching uh, what is right now a really, really crummy feed coming from 24-7 Sports. Um, now, here's the, the situation. I didn't know about this until earlier today, uh, but there is a four-star tight end. His name is Elijah Lofton. He's going to be announcing his college commitment here shortly. He's got five schools that are finalists, Arizona State, Miami, Texas, Washington, and the University of Hawaii. Let's go. Um, this is uh, how many times now here in the last 12 months have we seen an instance where someone in the four or five star category has put Hawaii as part of their top five or top six. Now, granted, not chosen Hawaii at the end of the day. But how many times have we seen the Hawaii logo now involved in some of these high-profile recruiting? Oh, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's great, right? It's awesome. And for business owners that uh, are diehard UH fans, if you're listening to this, this is NIL alert, alert, alert mm-hmm. right here. If there's ever someone that we would try to come behind, if he ends up choosing Hawaii, it would be this kid. Yeah. We need to support him and Coach Timmy Chang in bringing more guys like him here. If d- The fact that the hat is even being represented is awesome. Right. By far the only mid-major on, on that list. Every Everybody else is power five. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's crazy. Yeah. And this is not the first time we've seen this. This is um, embarrassing. <laughs> this is really embarrassing. They, I, I guess, they didn't really test this out beforehand, so they couldn't, they couldn't hear each other. Uh, you know, Lofton's on the phone, probably with tech support, trying to figure out what's going on. The graphics are all out of whack. Um, it is, it is really, really just embarrassingly bad. Um, and twenty four seven sports is a really good, uh, really good company. They're run by CBS. They are really big on recruiting. I like the guys there, um, but they decided to put this on their YouTube, and this is um, this is sadly amateur. But um, doesn't take away from the fact that it's still awesome that yes. Hawaii's in the mix here. And uh, one thing that we didn't mention that I think is super important: he plays tight end for Bishop Gorman. Yes, thank you. Which we've mentioned at length on this show. How vital Coach Chris Brown coming to our coaching staff here at University of Hawaii has been in the recruiting game. They have created virtually a one-way, first-class trip pipeline 
for these players to get a chance to come play at University of Hawaii. A number of great defensive players have already committed. And then the other big one was their quarterback, Alejado. Yeah. To me, this is one of the biggest reasons why this kid Lofton has the University of Hawaii hat in his list so that he can come out and play with his quarterback again. Yep. Uh, so we'll see. I, I don't know if they've got it figured out yet. You got me this excited. Is, this is really, really awkward. Um, they can't even get his whole face on the screen because the camera, and I'm assuming it's a camera phone or it's a laptop, is not even set correctly. It's so bad. Um, bigger picture, though. They're trying. Uh, yeah. Uh, they should have had this set up an hour ago. But anyway. Oh, okay. There you go. I think he... Uh, Either he announced it or – there you go. He there announced it, it. Elijah Lofton committed to Miami. So uh, he's not coming to Hawaii, uh, but the uh, number 14 tight end in the class of 2024 awkwardly has announced his commitment uh, to the University of it's Miami. It's also the second high-profile um, recruit, the other one being that offensive lineman from IMG, right. who also had Hawaii on his top five, who – eventually settled on Miami. Right. <laughs> um, but the fact that we're even talking about it right now, the fact that we could have possibly landed a four-star tight end is unbelievable, Josh. Yeah. I, we were talking off the show. Probably could have been the biggest freshman recruit in terms of pre, uh, pre-college the hype. stars. The stars, you whatever you want to talk about, you know, with, with the, that rating system. I don't know if we've ever signed a four star before. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I could very well be wrong, but could be wrong too. I, this is a the Mountain West is a three star conference. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is almost unheard of unless you've been Boise State in the past to bring in as a freshman a four star kid. You know, and a skill group guy. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, the way I look at it, I mean, was was Hawaii going to be a realistic? Player, I mean, I don't know if, where they were in this list of five, whether they were, you know, two, three, four, or five. They very well could have been at the bottom, but it's not the point. You know, Hawaii being a long shot or any of those other schools being long shots doesn't change the fact that they were there. Now, the granted, the unfortunate thing is it's not like this youngster had, you know, hats, you know, laid down all over the place. His, um, you know, his, uh, his, the way he, de- he he made the decision was he opened up his jacket and yep. he had a Miami shirt underneath it, which you know what? And then flashed the U out of camera. And then found a hat and yeah. put the hat on, which, you know, I, I should say I respect the fact that he didn't make it this big, like, over-the-top spectacle like some people do. Like, there was a respect to the process and, you know, there all the hats weren't there. You know, it was just one shirt. It was also just him. It wasn't his whole family. I, and I think his, his mom grandma. was there. Yeah, I think his mom was there. At least not in frame. Right. But it, it, it wasn't like this, this full-blown party, to your point. Um, so I respect that from, from the young man. But bigger picture, Hawaii's name, Hawaii's logo was right there. And for anybody who has been questioning the ability to recruit, they have there have been fair criticisms about the ability to recruit when we talk about stadium. But I think it also goes to the amount of work that Hawaii's recruiting staff right. has been trying to do to overcome that. It's pretty impressive. Yes. Because you should you would think, right? 
Hawaii should be falling off the map. Hawaii should be struggling They're to recruit fighting. people. Yes. It, it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like Hawaii is putting itself in the mix to recruit student-athletes, especially those that are considering some power conference programs. Hawaii's putting itself right there. It, and now this is the second time that mm-hmm. we've seen a, a prolific college player at least consider us in right. their top five. People remember that. People consider that, or I'm sure around the country that follow recruiting, like, hey, what is Timmy Chang and the staff doing to continue to get consideration in their top five with all of these other schools um, with, with power five budgets? We were up there with Texas, Josh. Yeah. By the way, um, 24-7 sports with their uh, recruiting rankings for 2024. You know, we have seen recruiting lists where Hawaii's been like the bottom part of, of you know a lot of these services rankings. Hawaii's at four. The three schools above them are San Diego State, UNLV, and Colorado State. Boise State is, what, in a tie for seventh? Hawaii has two three-stars coming in in 2024. So Hawaii's kind of up there early on on this list for 2024, That's which crazy. shows people are taking notice. That's a really big thing. And, and uh, you know, hey, tight end's not going to come here, but it does show that people are – Showing interest. Also, it doesn't mean a year or two from now, if Miami doesn't work out and Alahado is killing it over here in Hawaii, that he can't come over. That's right. That's right. The beauty of the transfer portal, folks. And as they've always said, the door is always open. That's always always come up. Hey, uh, join Cole Malsoff for athletes on our YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com. See the latest episode and get to know Rainbow Wahine basketball players Ashley Toms and Kelsey Imai with grinds from Andy Sandwiches and Smoothies. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. We're going to go to L.A. Country Club here in 10 seconds. We'll update the uh, 2023 U.S. Open. Uh, we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll kind of give you our impression of what we've seen here in round number one. Golf update right now. Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Uh, we'll go back to LA Country Club for another live update in uh, just about an hour or so, and I'm sure you'll hear some stuff on Sports Center coming up at the bottom of the hour. Coming up a little bit later on as well. In fact, we'll introduce this in about uh, 13 minutes. In light of uh, the governor of Nevada signing the bill that would open the door for the Oakland Athletics to move to Las Vegas. All that is now waiting is uh, Major League Baseball's approval and Major League Baseball's owner's approval. Hmm. Um, You know, because we don't have a professional franchise here, we often think of taking trips and many times taking trips um, just to be able to go and watch a sporting event or go watch a team play. So I, I guess my, my question would be where would you like to see a team either relocate or start up a brand new baseball franchise that you would go and take a trip just to watch. Mm. Think about that. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up in about 13 minutes time. We are watching the U S open, uh, which is underway right now. Um, what have you taken away? I mean, uh, the, the big storyline, you've got Ricky Fowler, Xander Shoffley, both have fired 62s. They're at eight under par. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked with Mark Rolfing yesterday, and 
I, I think he had mentioned, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there was the possibility, depending on when you go out there, that you could possibly get some low numbers. But yeah. we know the USGA does not want low numbers. We know they want uh, scores that are close to even par. And for the most part, we actually haven't seen that in the first round. So so what have you taken away from what you're watching? Yeah, uh, Mark Rolfling mentioned the ocean layer. Yeah, the marine layer. Yeah, yeah. The, the marine layer coming in and really making this course soft. And a couple of these shots in here um, that are coming in low have tremendous spin. And I think the USGA is wishing that it was a little firmer. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're still seeing guys get penalized. I watched Phil Mickelson, uh, you know, miss hit a wedge shot and it went into kind of this accentuated what they're calling gunch, which is like raw high grass and the thick Bermuda stuff. It looks very raw kind of around some of these green structures. Um, so it's still U.S. Open tough, Josh, but you give the best players in the world soft conditions and they can throw it at pins mm-hmm. that, that you're going to get, you're going to get low numbers. Yeah. And we've, and we've seen that you were mentioning to me earlier with, with Valor and Shoffley. These are guys who have not won majors. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to kind of be careful because we are talking about round number one and many times yep. what you see in round number one does not necessarily equate to what you see over the weekend. So it's a hot start, um, but maybe an important start for, for some of those guys still looking to uh, to capture their first major trophy. They're both guys also that started on the back nine to begin with, um, kind of when the ocean layer was at its thickest early in the morning um, before the sun got up and kind of dissipated everything. And the the reason I bring that up, it's almost like open championship conditions where the back nine at uh, LA Country Club plays so much harder Mm -hmm. than the front that it really does depend on which nine you score or or you you get to do first, and it's kind of just luck of the draw. So it doesn't shock me at all that they saw the hardest part of the course in somewhat of the easier conditions. And they fired so low. So uh, you're right, Josh. We're we're just at the beginning of all of this. And with any kind of major championship golf, uh, there's plenty of uh, stories still to be written. I feel like we're destined to turn on the television tomorrow or open up the USGA app, uh, watch some of the featured groups coverage. I feel like we're destined to just open that up and see golfers do what Rory McIlroy just did was put his head up in the air, put his golf club next to his chin and look up thinking, what am I doing? Mm. I feel like we're going to see a lot more of that tomorrow uh, because I I think the USGA is going to say, uh, you liked that that uh, whole position there? Yeah, we're gonna put it like on on that hole. We're gonna go put it in the far corner, and if you hit it too close to the pin, it's just gonna roll off into the really rough stuff. Mm. Yes, you know it. I'm I'm interested to see what they can do. Uh, I don't think LA Country Club is quite like Augusta National in the fact that um, Augusta National has sub air systems under each of the greens, That's right. yeah, and so they can add and subtract moisture to the green. And make it easier or harder depending on their their liking. Um, they can shave the greens to, to make them shorter, but you can't exactly make rough grow overnight. <laughs> so I don't. I, you mean I, they don't? They don't have uh, they don't have grass on steroids? Uh, unless they, they they've got you know 
some sort of wizardry. There's no, there's no blue pill you can put in the rough. <laughs> I, to, to my knowledge, I don't think they're playing in the Matrix, Josh. Um, but, uh, but who knows? Um, yeah. So I, I'm curious. I, you know, Mark did talk about it being a bit colder this week as well. So we'll see. This is also the first time that they're hosting a U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club. So. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious uh, just to kind of see how this thing, this thing's going to end up. We'll keep watching this. Another update coming up, uh, four sixteen, uh, right here on the program. Uh, last hour we were talking, or not last hour, uh, last segment we were talking about recruiting um, and, and whether you know we could be seeing a uh, we could have seen a potential four star athlete. Uh, make a, a decision to go to the University of Hawaii. The uh, tight end we were talking about earlier made the decision uh, not to. Uh, is going to go to the University of Miami, the Bishop Gorman kid. So that didn't end up happening. But we were talking about potentially if he had made the decision, maybe he could have been the highest rated player uh, to, yeah. to join the University of Hawaii. Texter from the 233 asked about two players. Kennedy Tulimasele, you guys, uh, you and Jordan Helley for um, Hawaii football now actually – uh, research this, right? We did, yeah. And Kendi was actually my teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there being a lot of hype over him. I recalled him being either a three or a four, and Jordan looked it up, and he was a three star coming okay. out of high school. You know, not 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 that necessarily matters. He still showed up, yeah, um, and still had SEC offers. That's right. Yep. And then the other one, um, Timmy Chang. I've been looking for the last 10 minutes on Timmy Chang, and I can't find a star rating of any kind for him. Not to say that he was or wasn't. I don't even know when the star rating system was first brought into I agree. recruiting. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if he was a four-star recruit. You would think, for being a prep player of the year and doing all the things that he did, that uh, you know, be decently high, right? But. Uh, uh, I cannot answer that question. So uh, unless someone can show me proof that he was like a four-star guy. Yeah, because um, he know. was early 2000s coming out of high school. Right. Um, you know, unless someone someone can show me that, I, I, I couldn't uh, confirm that right now. Hey, uh, next Wednesday, it's the really big road show at Growler Hawaii, and we have breaking news. Cool. Did I sell that? It was good. It was direct. Thank you. You're welcome. June Jones is going to be one of the guests at the really big road show uh, next Wednesday, uh, former University of Hawaii uh, football coach, and uh, just completed a year in the new XFL, so that should be a lot of fun. Also, Hawaii Athletic Director Craig Angelis, Rainbow Wahine coach Michelle Nagamine as well from the soccer program. That is next Wednesday, 5 to 7 p.m., Growler Hawaii and Kapahulu. And don't forget, happy hour specials and their menu. The food's really good. Sports Center. We'll talk about a baseball relocation coming up. Man, I just had a really just disgusting thing show up on my watch here. Oh boy. Uh, see, it's 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 not good. Sometimes this watch, this Apple Watch, can be a really um, distracting thing when you're trying to be on the air for three hours and you get something that pops up on your watch and it's disgusting and you can't just ignore it. Okay. You want to know what it is? I do now. Doctors remove the world's largest kidney stone. Ouch. And it's the size of a grapefruit. 
Here's the thing. Thoughts and prayers, Here, my friend. Here's the thing. As Liz is mid-sip of a Red Bull, here's the thing. There's a picture. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> that's, you know, if... Actually, I want to see it. Oh, you... Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what it looks oh, like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It looks like an onion, guys. It does. Like an, an onion mixed with a potato. Oh, my... Like the skin of a potato in an onion shape. A potato <sighs> This is this is how they describe it. If if you if if you want to make this worse, this is how they describe it. Size of a grapefruit, as long as a banana, and as heavy as four hamsters. I'm sorry, but who's weighing four hamsters? I've been around some fat hamsters. <laughs> I've never been around a hamster, uh, so I don't know what that's like. <laughs> But, uh, and you certainly don't know how much one of them weighs. No, I don't. No. Closest thing is I had a family member who um, they had a pet chinchilla. Okay. Now, I don't know how that relates to a hamster, but that's the closest thing I can think of. Is a grapefruit like the size of a baseball? Uh, don't know. Or a tennis ball? I think I think it's closer to a tennis ball than a baseball. Okay, so slightly smaller. I haven't seen a grapefruit in a while. You're, you're making me think now. Which is either way, I don't want that in me. No, <laughs> no. Yikes! Uh, today's public service announcement is brought to you by this radio show. Drink by, some water by accident. <laughs> Drink some water. Is that what you got in your uh, in your container there? Water. It's water. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Hunter's the only example setter. Uh, she's got a Red Bull. I've got a. I've got an energy drink. <laughs> You don't you don't need to shame us for uh for for drinking what we're drinking. I'm not I'm not shaming. You won't hear it from me. Okay. All right, just making sure. It is uh it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh Texter says grapefruits are bigger than an orange. Dang, yeah. Uh my boy Skyler uh just texted in saying Hi Skyler. Yeah, what's up, Sky? He said uh it's more like a softball. Grapefruits are huge. Oh, it's it, that That's must be so him that texted here. Yeah, size of a softball or even slightly larger. Also said, and this must be him also saying, contributing to the nonsensical. It is nonsense. I, I like I like I said, I was not going there. And then when the mic opened up from the other room, I looked at my watch just to look at the time, and there it was that big fat picture of that kidney stone. Okay, I'll see your nonsense and I'll raise it. Oh no! If oh, I no. had a kidney stone come out of me the size of a grapefruit, I'm one thousand percent hitting it with a baseball bat. Oh, a thousand percent. Okay, I. There are After visuals I've recovered, of course. There, there are visuals. From the surgery. I need. Um, that was one I didn't. I didn't really need. Yeah. This, I, this, I didn't need to know about this. You're the one who brought it it's, up. It's my fault. Um, <laughs> this conversation has now turned the Dr. Pimple Popper corner. Let's go, baby. Um, which is something I have never thought I would turn something to. Um, also, I've never watched the show. But uh, we're going we're gonna to can that right there. Um, let's, let's just stop <laughs> it right there. And let's go to our regularly scheduled programming, which was uh, baseball. There is news today. Uh, we have followed this uh, Oakland A's situation pretty closely here over the last couple of uh, couple of days. The reverse boycott 
which went really, really well. And mm-hmm. I, I think there was like $800,000 or so that got donated to two different charities by the A's organization. Then yesterday, right after the boycott, um, you get the announcement that uh, the House, the, I think it's the House of Commons there in Nevada, or, or they're uh, kind of similar to, I think, our state house. Um, mm. You know, they agreed on the bill to allow the A's to relocate to Las Vegas. I see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a second. And then, um, uh, and then we find out today the governor, Joe Lombardo, the state of Nevada, has now signed off on it. Wow. So the only thing that's left, and maybe the Hail Mary for the A's or for the fans of the A's, the Hail Mary would be if you've got owners that really don't like the owner of the A's that say, no, we're not going to let you relocate the team to Las Vegas. Major League Baseball is going to say okay because Rob Manfred's been involved. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's had his hands in this. But, um, you know, the owners really will have one of the final says. And, and we know this. They have executive power? Um, pretty much. Okay. Um, and, and we know this. The owners like money. <laughs> yes. Las Vegas has money. And they're certainly going to want to uh, get their hands on any kind of profit they can come up with. So, certainly... Um, this is going to happen. This is this is absolutely going to happen. But I feel for those A's fans yeah. that went through that that whole um, reverse boycott only for it to just not matter. Man. Because, well, their point was save the franchise, keep the franchise here, but dump the owner. So, to me, if if you're a fan in Oakland, like this is this is a grim day. Yesterday was a grim day. Today's a grim day. But I, I don't count Oakland out. And here's why. What what the A's fans did yesterday was show that Oakland can still be a place where you can watch baseball. They just need another venue. Mm. And they need yeah. The, there's a fan base there. You're right. They need a better venue than the Coliseum, which is like the only place remaining that could shift from football to baseball. But now they don't have to shift because the Raiders are gone. Um, if if there is someone who has enough of a vision that is willing to work with the city to create a, a venue there for um, you know for baseball that is modern that doesn't have broken pipes underneath that doesn't look like it's so antiquated if someone's willing to do that and an owner that is committed to putting together a um you know a a product that wants to win yeah i mean why not like i we'll, we'll talk a little bit later on about places that maybe we'd like to see a baseball team relocate to yeah if there is anything that I would say to A's fans right now, I would say don't hold out hope of having baseball back in your city in the next decade. Because I think when Rob Manfred is done as commissioner, he's not a great commissioner. Um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll go out on his terms, but when he's gone, because... I'll take Manfred over uh, Jay Monahan. Well... Monahan right now is a bit under the weather, so I I I, I don't want to. 
put Monahan in a bad spot right now. But he put himself in a bad spot. Yeah, you're, you're right. Sorry, Once to bring that in there. Monahan's the guy that helped orchestrate them getting out of Oakland. Once he's gone, yeah. <laughs> once he's gone, I think they have, you know, governmental leadership there that wants to create something new, that wants to find a place for a ballpark that is modern and is welcoming to the community, and want. And I think they could find potentially an owner that, whether it's through expansion or it is through a team that wants to relocate from where they are, that could say, you know what, that Oakland, that's really not a bad place. There are passionate people there that just got their hearts broken, yeah, but are care about their team, show that they care about their team, good or bad. And I could see a franchise going back there in in the next ten to twenty years. I mean, it's kind of a habit of breaking the hearts of the Oakland faithful. I mean, the Golden State Warriors left Oakland. That's right. They're in San Francisco now. They were in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, the A's are about to leave. It's it's a sad situation. Mm-hmm. I feel well, the Raiders for that community. Left. I mean, the Sports Raiders are important for communities like that. Yeah, and Oakland's not a small city. Um, you know, Oakland and San Francisco do kind of compete here and there, but I I do also think it's good to have that kind of competition. Competition's great. Yep. I love competition. And when it's in a good-natured way and it's beneficial for a community economically, it's beneficial for a community just, you know, just in a positive way. And um, San Fran's a big enough market uh just overall for there to be competing teams. Yeah. Similar to LA, Chicago, or New York. I mean, I, I could see that. Yeah. So I I hope A's fans can kind of hold their head up. I was watching Brody Brazil, who uh who's a host on uh NBC Sports Bay Area for A's coverage, and he had mentioned I, I don't know if I shared this story yesterday, but he had mentioned how he was walking through Santa Monica not Santa Monica, there's was, was an area nearby and saw a young kid wearing an A's hat and he was tearing up because he he looked at that and realized that's gonna be one day kind of like wearing an Expos hat. Mm. Um, you know, and the Expos seemed to be a quality franchise that ultimately was taken over by Major League Baseball and relocated to Washington, D.C., which is now the Washington Nationals. But Olympic Stadium, I mean, you think of greats like Levon Hernandez, who pitched in uh, or who, who pitched for the Montreal Expos. You think of Vlad, Vlad. Guerrero, uh, who played there. Pretty sure um, Randy. Randy was on that team. Randy Johnson? Yeah. I'm going to look it up. Randy Johnson, I'm pretty sure I thought I had a card from him on the Expos. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's – I think that's a good city. So, yeah, I I, I think uh, – There it is. Oh, you're right. I didn't I didn't realize he pitched in Montreal. Yep. So, yeah, I, I feel for Oakland. I feel like they may be in good shape. Now, with that said – Pedro, too. Yes, I remember Pedro. Wow. I remember Pedro. With that said, though, yep. um, we sometimes like to travel for sporting events. And so if there were a place that you would travel to to watch a baseball team in that location, where would that be? We'll talk about that coming up on the other side of this message from Dixie Grill because uh, they want you to put some south in your mouth at their sandwich fest. Pulled pork burgers, southwest chicken sandwiches, catfish sandwiches, Grilled pulled pork sandwiches and more. That's this month only at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. Let's go travel. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu.
off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Good to have you in. All of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Visit alohakia.com at Aloha Kia. Uh, you know a guy. Our Zephyr Insurance text line, by the way, uh, texter from the 322 Expos. Don't sleep on Tim Raines. I remember Tim Raines. Tim Raines. Yeah, uh, you're right. right. Man, I, I I know that Olympic Stadium there in Montreal is maybe not the most aesthetically pleasing, but um, certainly memories. And when I think of a, of a place that loves its baseball, when the Toronto Blue Jays, after the Expos were shipped off to Washington, D.C., when the Toronto Blue Jays would play some exhibition games there, they'd pack that place. That's right. Um, that tells you a place that misses its professional baseball. Um, if there were a place you could go to to travel, a, a place that doesn't have a Major League Baseball team right now, because yep. expansion has been on the table. Um, places have come up like Nashville, Orlando, Portland, uh, places that would love a franchise. I'm sure there are some places you're thinking of and I'm thinking of that uh, are not in expansion plans. Yeah. Name me a place that doesn't have a Major League Baseball team, but if they had one, you would travel to go watch them play. Vancouver. 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 I really like um, the ability to do multiple things in mm. a city, especially anytime I travel, I want, want to get some good bang for my buck. Okay. So if I go to Vancouver and they have a baseball team, not only could I catch a game, but if it's – you know, early in the season or late in the season, could probably jump on the hill and ski a little bit as well. Have you been there? I've never been to Vancouver, but my my brother has. He's skied Whistler. Said it's incredible. Okay, want yeah, to? If there's a, if there's a place you can think of, you can text in our Zephyr Insurance text line at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. You can call us at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. I've never been there. Yeah. I've never well, I've never been international, so I I don't know what Vancouver's like or Canada in that matter. Yeah, um, if we're not going to go Canada, another country pops up, Mexico. Okay, I mean Major League Baseball's taking some games to Mexico. They just took the Padres and the Giants there earlier this year, and they were just hitting home runs for days. I mean, probably would need to do Mexico City just because mm-hmm. of the market, mm-hmm. but. Uh, that could be really fun. Okay. And okay. I feel like they would pack out every game. Yeah, Mexico loves its baseball uh, for sure. I mean, I, I, I think I, I saw how packed it was for those Giants-Padres games. They played on a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was the ballpark they played in was just – it was it was like – it felt like a small ballpark because everything was leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. Was it 11 home runs hit in one game, I think it was, when, when they played on a Saturday during the day, uh, like late afternoon? I'll go to that game. Yeah. I mean, it was it was exciting. And Mexico City's higher up, too. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's so right. elevation helps that ball fly. So it makes you think of, uh, of uh, Coors Field a little yeah. bit in Colorado. I've got a couple. Uh, one, which is an expansion target, and one, which I think I would consider... Um, the expansion target that's been talked about is Nashville. Um, I've again, I've never been to Tennessee, but I see the way that that place is uh, is just hopping for for live sports. You know, their pro team is in Memphis for basketball, but Nashville has a minor league team, the Nashville Sounds. Yeah. Uh, if I if I recall correctly, their old stadium had their their video board was shaped as a guitar. 
Oh, fun! Which is which is neat. And I'm a I'm a big minor league baseball guy. Um, so the Nashville Sounds are I think a Triple A team. But I mean they're renovating their football stadium. Um, yep. Or are, I think building a new one actually, if I'm not mistaken. Have but they're two of the strongest uh, college baseball programs. Vandy. Uh, certainly is one yep. of them. And then uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee's at the uh, College World Series. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt probably should be there. Yep. Uh, except they got uh, they got knocked out by Oregon in the NCAA regionals. Yeah, I, I think that would be a great place. Um, I'm sure you could find a place for a ballpark there, and I'm sure you could get people out to watch baseball. Um, good weather, warm in the summer. Why not? Hmm. My other one, I'm going to go almost complete opposite. Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Ooh. Um, a place that, again, I have, well, the, I've been to Utah. I've driven into, um, I forget what national park it was, uh, but I've driven in there from Vegas and, and driven out. So I don't have a lot of experience of being in Utah. Uh, but Salt Lake City is the, the the biggest market there in that state. It is a pretty decent market in general. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could find a place to put a ballpark that has beautiful mountain views. Oh, man. Uh, it's got to have a retractable roof. There's no doubt. But Except I think, Coors Field is an outdoor stadium. Yeah. Um, they should have thought about the retractable roof I there. Agree. But I, I do, agree. But I do think that there's there's a charm. There are can some, get cold. There are some places that should consider retractable roofs, and there are some places that shouldn't. Like, you've heard me say many times, when Hawaii decides to build the next Aloha Stadium or any any venue from here on out, there should never be a retractable roof at a, at a, at a uh, sports venue in Hawaii. Never. I, we can handle Manoa Mist. Yeah. We can handle a little bit of rain in Halava. Uh, Hawaii is an outdoor venue. Yes. They're, they're, we, we celebrate our weather. We showcase our weather. We should never be doing otherwise. Um. But a place like Salt Lake City where it can get cold, as we know, um, you know, early in the baseball year could get kind of snowy. That I think you should have. But as far as a place that, I mean, you've got the Utah Jazz that are there. Um, I think I, I think they would do well with the baseball team, Salt Lake City. What uh, what what would you name them? The this is gonna sound awful, so just don't quote me on this because I didn't think of names. We didn't talk about names in our prep here. Just you just threw it at me. Uh-huh. The Salt Lake City Squirrels. Oh man, it's bad. So don't go with it. <laughs> um, it's not good. The Salt Lake City Swatters. They swat home runs. What about, Swatters. What about the Elders? You get no. that one. I, I I I you're you're going you're going religion, right? <laughs> It's a big part of yeah, that area. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going there. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to crowd I don't want to crowdsource uh a fictional name for a team that doesn't exist. Uh Nashville. Uh I don't know. I, I couldn't come up with one for Nashville. Mm. Because Titans don't, I don't, I don't see Titans making sense for Tennessee. It just sounds like, hey, let's play off the letter T. Um, tunes, T U N E S. Tunes. This is this is not is there a our music city. This is not our most creative side. Hunter's a graphic designer. I'm already. He is not a. I'm already seeing he, logos he, in my head. Right not now. a name creator. 
I'm a radio host. I'm not a name creator. Um, Vancouver. Mm. What are you thinking of with Vancouver? The silence here is just so good. It's it's great radio. The silence I is love, deafening. I, I like the off Canucks logo with the orca. Okay. Because they get crazy whale action so you're up there. The Vancouver orcas. Or see, I, that's that's not good. That's not a good name. No. Um, we're striking out so badly here. Um, let's 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 can't say tuna. Let, let, <laughs> you don't want Vancouver to, tuna. No one's going to that. Let's game. let's skip on down to Mexico City. <laughs> can't think of one there either, can we? Oh, I I can think of some, but I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Um. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, I. I. I can't. Yeah. I, I can't. The maracas. Uh, you, you, you no, know, that's actually not terrible. The maracas. The Mexico City maracas. Yeah, that's not terrible. That's not bad. Um, this is not our expertise. I'm. I'm telling you right now. Anybody we're listening? Get some to, good text on this. One. Anybody listening to this show thinking we're gonna get some great content. Out of team names, what about like Nashville Heat? Sadly mistaken. That's not bad uh, because I'm thinking like Nashville Hot Chicken. Exactly. There we go. We're on to something. Nashville Sports Heat. Center is on the way. It's off the bench. Did I just hear Anthony Richardson say, I told my mom I was going to do that? <laughs> Love the, it. The sense of humor in the Richardson household uh, certainly. Certainly works. Uh, play off the Marshawn Lynch li- uh, line. I'm just here so I don't get fined. It's a woke mama. <laughs> nope. My mom wouldn't know it that where that's from. She, she, would, she wouldn't. No way. She does. No way would. I love my mom, but there's no chance she would remember a Marshawn Lynch quote like that. No way. Just because she hasn't seen it, or and probably and doesn't care. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that that might be true. I just, you know, it that's a that's a weird one and it's it's just it's weirder to me that the media just laughed at that like it was really really funny. Now, granted, I can't see Anthony Richardson's face as he deadpans that on a random question about offense. Um but I if I were a media member and I heard him just randomly pull off that uh uh I'm just here, so I don't get fined. Mm-hmm. I might be the one media member that doesn't laugh. Because we heard it before. Yeah, but, I mean, comedic timing, I would have laughed at that. Okay. Okay. I mean, when when we played it, did you laugh? Uh-huh. I didn't. I snickered. Okay. All right. I, I guess I'm the no fun guy in the room. <laughs> not, not that there's anything new with that. <laughs> Uh, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll uh, take you back to L.A. Country Club in about 12 minutes. So we will update what we're seeing at uh, the uh, U.S. Open. That is coming up in a little while. We'll also get back to uh, some what we talked about earlier, which is uh, if you could relocate a baseball team or expand a baseball team to yep. a place that you could travel to, uh, where would that be? Where would you love to see it? You named two. You said Vancouver and Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had said uh, Nashville. I kept it in the States. Nashville and uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, we'll get to some of yours coming up in about uh, about 15 minutes.
here on the program. We've also gotten some texts on uh, something that you and I are clearly not good at, which is mascot names for teams. Also, we care about our careers. Thank you. <laughs> a great Thank deal you. of screening went into what we ultimately said for oh, those teams. You know, for, for those that don't know, if you were listening last hour, if you were wondering what the silence was, that was our filter. That's the filtration <laughs> system at, at its finest. That, that, was, that was not the dump button. That was not us just not knowing what to say. That was just a pure good old filter. That's right. Just knowing when to shut up. And uh, when to just let something fly. Uh, that's what that was. But we'll get back to that coming up in about 15 minutes. You know, yesterday uh, we, we talked with uh, Gloria Navarez, the uh, commissioner of the Mountain West Conference. I was thinking back to that conversation yesterday and also thinking along the lines of, uh, I mean, I know Tanner filling in for Kanoa today was, was giving some of his reaction to what we talked about. If you missed the interview, uh, off the bench on demand at ESPNHonolulu.com. I find myself a bit more optimistic about the conference staying together. I I think of what she was saying yesterday about the expansion of the college football playoff, about how you know mid-major conferences like the Mountain West are better positioned thanks to the expansion to 12 teams. Uh, the American is still to me, the better mid-major conference. But the American did get gutted a little bit by the Big 12 with UCF now yep. um, you know, over in the Big 12. In Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati and, and I think Houston as well. Yep. BYU is now in the Big 12. They were an independent previously. So the American um, did get gutted a little bit. But I'm thinking of television. I'm thinking of where the Pac-12 is. And I'm, and I'm thinking about that kind of setup. And part of me is thinking the Mountain West may not be a conference that gets gutted after all. I, I've been trying to play scenarios out in my head and, and feel free to just shoot anything down that I say here. Hmm. I'm thinking of uh, I'm I'm thinking of basketball. If the Big Twelve gets what it wants, I know they wanna they, they want to get all time zones. But I'm thinking, okay, the Big 12's looking at UConn. They might very well bring UConn in. Um, I think UConn is better positioned in the Big 12 than they are in the American. Football's on the rise, by the way, for UConn after what Jim Moore Jr. did there last year. So that's a plus. Shout out to our own Dalton Hillard, who is their DB's coach. Oh, that's right. Yep. I think of Memphis. Yep. Memphis is also a team that is competing in the American. Football, pretty good. Basketball, Penny Hardaway's coached that team. That's right. They've been pretty good. They've been great at recruiting. They have been a a uh, a, a force to be reckoned with in recruiting. So you, you could be looking at Eastern time zone, Central time zone. They've already got Central and, and, and Mountain kind of covered. I don't know how many teams they would add, but if I were to see them adding potentially two more, uh, they've talked about Gonzaga as a potential um, basketball-only member. But even I don't know that I see Gonzaga going to the Big 12. See, if if the Big 12 gets its way, it doesn't need to go to Gonzaga, and it doesn't need to go to San Diego State, and it doesn't need to go to UNLV. They could look at the Pac-12, and if that media deal starts picking the Pac-12 apart, you got Colorado, 
even though Colorado may not be great for basketball, but it's a it's a former school. You got the Mountain Time Zone, and you might be looking at Arizona or Arizona State. Um, maybe you're looking at Utah. I think if you can if you can expand by four, four more, and you, you look at UConn, Memphis, and two Pac-12 schools, I think you're better positioned doing that than you are San Diego State, Gonzaga. I, I I think that's a that's a much better place to be. Now you've got all four time zones covered. Um, you've expanded because I the thing about Gonzaga is <clears throat> excuse me the thing about Gonzaga is as a basketball only member I don't know how much you truly do bring the Big Twelve, and I'd be willing to believe that Gonzaga as a Big Twelve member. They don't dominate like they did in the West Coast Conference. Mm. You don't see a Gonzaga team as a one through four seed anymore coming out of the Big 12. Virtually an undefeated team heading into the tournament. Right, as compared to like a Kansas, um, a Texas, Texas Tech not as much. Baylor. Baylor. um, Yeah, you, you know the drill. I don't know Oklahoma that Oklahoma State is always tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that Gonzaga gives you the same. Iowa value. State's got a great team, right? Yeah. As as much as it sounds exciting, I actually could see Gonzaga as a better player in the Mountain West. Mm. Wow! If you're looking to get out of the West Coast Conference, I mean, the West Coast Conference has lost one member now in BYU in in the non football sports. The Mountain West Conference actually puts itself in a pretty decent position. A good basketball conference. And the West Coast Conference is a good basketball conference, I should mention, too, with, with St. Mary's. And San Francisco is good on, uh, this year under Chris Gerlofson. Uh Portland is coming to the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic this year. They were announced today as the replacement for St. Mary's, who decided to play in, a, in a, uh, an MTE like the week prior uh, at, a, at a neutral site. So Portland's coming. Either Gonzaga's better off staying in the West Coast Conference or trying your hand at the Mountain West as a, a basketball-only member and going up against the likes of San Diego State and, and, and UNLV and uh, Boise State's been good in basketball. So I, I see the health of the Mountain West and as, after hearing Gloria Navarez, I see the health of the Mountain West is in a lot better shape than maybe I thought of even a couple of weeks ago. How do you see it? Yeah, I think bas- you have to kind of look at basketball and football differently. Yeah. Basketball, they have, you know, if you really want to look at what happened with San Diego State this last year, making it all the way to the Final Four, I mean, that that really corners yourself, even among the Power Fives, as, a, you know, a, a really solid contender. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we are not there on the football side. Yeah. We've yet to produce, at least recently, a high-level mid-major school that will get a shot at at the college football playoff. And she mentioned that. Um, the expansion to 12 teams is going to be very advantageous for conferences like ours down the road. Right. Um, and that's why the move away from divisions ensures that our two best teams, even if they're both from the West, are going to play each other for that that right to represent the Mountain West in 
uh, college football bid. And what you're looking at, too, is you're you're still talking about that auto birth out of the group of five, mm-hmm. which I, I I've I've I'm not a huge fan of with the expansion to 12, but. I mean, hey, if, if I like it, I, the bigger thing I like is not the auto birth. It's taking the top, I think, five conference champions, regardless of conference, so that it's no longer um, if you're in the Big Ten, you are guaranteed to have your conference champion in it. If you're the Big Ten and it's a down year, yeah, that stinks. Um, or if you're the Big Twelve, I mean, I can see the Big Twelve, you know, having a down year, and the Mountain West has a, a top twenty team. And they're considered to be a better conference champion by rating than, let's say, UCF in the Big 12. Uh, that's a great spot to be in. That's the thing I like more than necessarily like the the auto birth. It's like a, a, a handout to me. Not a big fan of, of handouts. Yeah. Um, in, in that sense. But, I, I you know, because I see football as – Ever since Boise's kind of gone downhill, football has been a weak point, I think, for the Mountain West. Yep. It's not as strong as it used to be, and I don't know how you get there. I don't know that eliminating divisions automatically makes you a better conference. It just does what everybody else does, trying to put yourself in the best position to be able to have that chance. And look at what happened on the basketball side. One solid year from one of your teams – Completely restructures and repositions you as a conference. Mm-hmm. One side so- again, <laughs> I will believe in this till the day I die, just because that's my team. Right. One solid year from us, ten and zero. You know, uh, you know, an eleven win season. We are right there, and Mountain West gets to ride it with us. Right. Yeah. I mean, I will say on the basketball side, basketball's had a good reputation for for years. It's for just sure. that. San Diego State took it farther than anybody possibly could have imagined uh, to to get to a national championship game. But football, San Diego State's always in the tournament, always. Yeah, it, at least it feels that way. It it does. Um, the Mountain West feels like it's had multiple teams. I, I think that's been kind and of UNLV. The, yeah, the yep. UNLV or I think Boise or or, or someone else. They yep. they found a way to get teams in there. Uh, We'll come back. We'll we'll have a little fun with uh, with names, and we'll we'll get some of your thoughts, texts, and calls on uh, where you'd like to see a major league team pop up that you would travel to visit. That's coming up. First, we go to L.A. Country Club. It's the U.S. Open update right here on Off the Bench. Sports Center updates coming up in a little bit off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Uh, earlier in the show, uh, we were talking about, uh, well, kind of relating the uh, soon to be official word that the Oakland A's are, are going to Las Vegas. Uh, it, it just now is waiting on Major League Baseball to approve it, which they will. The owners have to approve it. By the way, um, side note to that. Should Vegas keep the A's or Athletics mascot name? I mean, when when the Expos were taken out of Montreal and moved to to Washington D.C., new name. It was a new name. Do you think uh, the A's should it be the Las Vegas A's, the Las Vegas Athletics? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting because 
when you know Brooklyn moved to LA, they were still the Dodgers. Right. I think it just depends on how strong you're wanting to keep that brand. I, I feel like the Athletics are a much stronger brand than the Expos were. Uh yeah. I you know what? I would be if if I were a fan, I would be outraged. Like the A's are our team. You kind of like stole our team away from us. Like go be original. Go find go be another a different team. team. Yeah. And and plus you also hold out the hope. I think of um uh Tennessee. I think it was in the NFL when That's right. The they, Oilers, right? Right, when the Oilers. Yep. And then they went uh is it is it yeah, they or went to most uh, recently the Rams. Right. The Rams still kept their name. Well, I think of keeping the name, but I also think of stats. Okay. Like I think there was a franchise that went back and no, it was Baltimore. When 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 the Titan when no when Tennessee became the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Right? And then um ultimately a franchise would come back to Tennessee and the Titans. And it's a statistical mess, right? Like franchise history and all that stuff. Like to me, you take that team to Vegas, and I, I realize you're going to have the same owner, but to me, that's not the same franchise. And I would think if anybody were to bring a, a baseball team back to Oakland, which if, if you heard us last hour, I believe someone would. I believe someone would want would take a second team to the Bay Area uh, again and treat that city a lot better than this current owner did. It would be in their best interest to call that team the Oakland A's to try to restore the trust of a fan base that saw an ownership group just, you know, sully the name of that franchise. Hmm. Um, I would like to see Las Vegas call it something different because I don't know, like, I, I realize, like, the Lakers don't necessarily make sense in Los Angeles. No. Nope. There's no great lakes in L.A. But athletics for that town just seems so too generic for Las Vegas. Yep. The Raiders fit because the Raiders are kind of larger than life, and and that can yep. be kind of entertaining. There's almost a like a I don't know a bad boy vibe with the Raiders that kind of fits with Vegas's yeah. mantra. The Aces make sense; they're yeah. on the Strip. Um, the Golden Knights doesn't totally make sense, but I mean, it, it larger than life character part of the experience in Las Vegas. Like they've got professional team names that work. The A's just sound like. You know, those one of those random name generators you come up with, and it just came up on the just the generic athletics name. To me, I, I think out of the besides that, like just the self respect of the franchise. Start anew. What about the Vegas show? The Vegas show. We play for the show. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's original. It is. It's definitely original. First thought was Vegas degenerates, but. I don't think they're going to go in that direction. I don't think so. Um, although I like it, just as a, <laughs> just personally, I yeah. like it. Um, but I don't think they would fly. Um, you could also go with what the uh, uh, the Vegas Dealers. Okay, they're, they're that's not bad. Yeah, you're you're, you're dealing cards they, and you're dealing pitches. Dealing is another word for pitching. I just thought of that 15 seconds that. ago. I don't mind that. That's okay. Okay. All right. We, we we've uh, we've struck out on like 10 prior yeah. in our in our previous hour. We might have found one. He's dealing the Vegas dealers. 
I could I feel like someone could take that very differently though. Yep. Uh texter from the two 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 uh Vegas snake eyes. They do have snakes. Mm. That's via our Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh at eight oh eight two nine six fourteen twenty. I know there are, are A's fans here. Would you would you wanna see that team keep the name going to Las Vegas or do you wanna see them go uh completely anew? We were talking about places as uh well here's one, Vegas Heat. Mm. Yeah? Because it gets hot. Yep. You're going to have to, I would think, um, when you get to June, well, more so July and August, you're going to have to close close a roof in yep. that ballpark and yep. not it's play in 114-degree weather during the day. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I guess that, that kind of makes sense. The Vegas heat, the Vegas cacti. Yeah, I thought about cactus, and no. You know, the I don't want to play plur- for that team. <laughs> the plural for cactus. Yeah. Uh, Sports Center is on the way here in a little bit, but uh, we do want to tell you about the uh, really big road show coming up next Wednesday at Growler Hawaii. And if you missed it, the uh, breaking news that we just learned a little while ago is that one of our guests will be former Hawaii head coach June Jones. Big June. Will be a part of uh, the really big road show. Hawaii Athletic Director Craig Angelus will. So will Rainbow Wahine soccer coach Michelle Nagamine. That's next Wednesday, 5 to 7 p.m. Happy hour specials and a great menu as well at Growler Hawaii in Kapahulu. Traffic here, Sports Center on the way. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco hanging out. Uh, this is our last full show of the week. Tomorrow we join you after Red Sox-Yankees. The uh, the rivalry unlike any other uh, in Major League Baseball. So we'll be with you for a couple of hours tomorrow uh, right here. We were talking about Vegas, which is uh, going to get the A's franchise as long as the owners sign off on it. Um, we asked the question whether they should keep the A's name or whether that should stay in uh, in Oakland for any future franchise, if that ever happens. And what kind of name should Vegas have? I came up with the Vegas Dealers. Yep. Uh, there have been some good ones that have come through our Zephyr Insurance text line. I said uh, the Vegas show. You did. That was a good one. Uh, Snake Eyes from the 222. Vegas Heat from the 220. And a texter from the 864, the Las Vegas Blackjacks. Yep. Not bad. Those are all. Uh, I'll give you one more that I just thought of. Now that we're talking about cards, the slots. Okay, the Vegas Royal Flush. Mm. Flush is dangerous because you immediately think of a toilet. Well, why did you have to go down that gutter? Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> guarantee you, we're gonna get texts. I agree with Hunter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think of, and you can't say deuces. For the same for the same reasons, Josh. No, no, you, no you can't. Although, I, <laughs> why would I? Why would I ever say that? Uh, okay. Well, we've just. You know, what Vegas also has is uh, all you can eat buffets. Probably. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, okay, I, I I think we hit our peak on Vegas names. I'm trying. Yeah, there's nothing else screaming. Yeah. screaming at me right now. Yeah, man, but but Vegas is such a. Uh, such a building building town. I mean, 
we've we've spent the last couple of shows actually spending a lot of time talking about Vegas in uh, in in one way or another. By the way, a texters are throwing in from the seven eight one Vegas roulette wheels. Mm. Um, texter from the six three six Vegas Vipers. Yep. See, I'm thinking. Well, here's the other one because hockey Ooh. only goes by Vegas. The Aces and the Raiders go by Las Vegas. Do you do you call it? Do you go by Vegas or Las Vegas? I've got a new one. We haven't said yet. Even though someone said Heat, yeah, I'm going to say Heaters. When you go on a heater, when you've been gambling, okay, you go on a heater. I don't mind that one. The oh, Vegas Heaters. The Vegas Heaters. And what, what do you call a fastball? A heater. There you go. Uh, you know who you could easily get as a uh, as a sponsor, an air conditioning company. <laughs> Just think we of that. We love our Fujitsu. <laughs> there, you, you know, you could get that right there. Sponsor the Vegas heaters and keep yourself cool. That's, if that's perfect. If if they go with any of these names, I'm filing copyright infringement. Well, but you're in a good position. Maybe not for for naming. But you're in a good position to, to come up with a, a, a graphic design. Ooh, for each of these. Yeah. And just get Submit them out it. there. See if you can make millions on your graphic design. Ooh, that's, let's go. You know, this has actually gotten me on something that's a little off topic here. Uh, not, not that we haven't gone off topic enough today. This show is now four plus months old. Mm-hmm. You know we don't have? A logo. That's right. We don't have a logo. I'll get to work. This this show came in with very little pub leading up, and and we have just kind of through our, um, how would we put it, um, through our our, our our connections and and through uh, whatever black market channels we could, yeah. we have kind of like self promoted this show. To the point where uh, I don't know, we, we, it seems like we've got a little bit of a following. It there seems like people are listening in. Your friends are making fun of you uh, and me. Yep. Um, you know, you you know people at the golf course who say they listen into the program. Uh, I've had people say uh, when I've been at UH games that uh, they say this show was a lot better than the previous one, which was just me. We've so al- we've cool. Al- we've also influenced. Uh- Pre-game music choices for That's the right. baseball team. Hey, we're six and zero when Taylor Swift plays at the ballpark during the opposing batting practice. Liz is clapping in the other room. You know. Yep. That's when I know a show is successful. We make an impact. That's right, baby. It may not be the kind of impact in the community you might think. It's music, uh, but we make an impact. We don't have a logo. Speaking of what's in- wrong with this? Speaking of impact, the only thing I can think of right now, and I'm gonna have to go to the drawing board, is a bench with the imprint of some cheeks on the bench. Some booty cheeks. Hmm. Because we're off the bench. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna need to go back to the drawing board, Josh. But that's the first thing I'm thinking of right now. Man. Um. I'm trying to think of how the suits would like that. <laughs> Probably wouldn't like it. See, I, I, I was HR thinking... HR would unquestionably be, be called. They might. Um, I was thinking maybe uh, you have the bench. I think that's the, the standard. You have yep. to have the bench. You might need the bench there. 
water coolers next to the bench or those those uh those those big fans <laughs> yeah next to the bench something like that i mean it something like you'd see on a football sideline mm. or 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 if you're mixing the football sideline and and the radio sideline you have two benches and you have two microphones in front of the bench there we go is that possible to draw Anything's possible to draw. Okay, we also need a Twitter, um, and and mm. I don't and I don't know that I don't I don't know that I want to like run keep our up own on Twitter. It. Yeah, I can't even keep up on my own. Uh, I feel like we need a third party on that. Again, we're four months in, and 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 we are still like we're we're still taking baby steps in some of this stuff. We have been so content focused. That's right, baby. That uh, value. Some of those details. We're all focused on bringing value. Yeah, some to of those car. details to sell ourselves. We just we just haven't done yet. We'll we'll get there. I promise. Uh, we will get there. Hunter, there are some uh, some textures for you. Yeah, what's up, guys? For Hunter, Las Vegas wild deuces. Wild. <laughs> nope. Comment. Anything with deuces, comment man. With, comment withheld. <laughs> Texture from the 627, Las Vegas Black Coats. And one more from the 554, Vegas Gamblers. Yeah. But he's got an explanation for this. Every inning, display a line to bet on for the fans, i.e., first pitch strike, single, home run. So what happens? Like, you, you win a. Someone gets the, the, you know, the little prop bet right at. Yeah. What, what do they win? A t shirt? Because you're certainly not giving away money for every half inning where you do something like that. I mean, I like the idea of connecting what happens in the game to action that you can get after, but but technically you can already do you that. You can already do that. I mean, pretty much anybody. If you want to put your money at stake, Vegas will take it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't even need to go to a machine now. No. I mean, you just go on your phone. The show is not sponsored by FanDuel no. or DraftKings. No, it's by the not. way, it is not. Um, and we say if you're doing something illegally, um, anything that we mention here is for entertainment purposes right, only. Of course. Uh, like the just crazy names that we have mentioned throughout this show, all for entertainment purposes only. Uh, and sometimes really for our own amusement. Of course. Times. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the idea. I do. Um, but I think it's already kind of being done. One more. How's about Vegas Gamblers? That's already been said. Sorry. That's that's two in a row for gamblers, and I forgot I read one. Uh, that's our Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. Uh, they are a uh, proud sponsors of texts with Vegas baseball nicknames. Yeah. Uh, we got to finish thoughts, though, on places that could get baseball franchises or, or should get baseball franchises. That's right. There were some Texas on that, right? There was, I, I know at least one. Um, one person did mention Mexico City, which I know um, you had mentioned previously. Here's two others. Well, Nashville, I had mentioned. Uh, but Texter from the 208, well, bringing one back to Montreal. I'm not opposed to it. I, again, I've never been to Canada. Um, I am not opposed to traveling to Canada to to watch a baseball team. I've played baseball in Canada. Have you really? I have. Okay. Where mm-hmm. where in Canada? Uh, near Toronto. Okay. Yeah. So not in uh, the the Blue Jays ballpark. No, but uh, I I was thirteen. 
Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Still cool, though. Had yeah, to show I bet. my passport to play ball. You know, that was cool. If you're going to bring a team back to Montreal, they have to be called the Expos. And do not try to update the logo. It has to be the old Montreal Expos logo. The jerseys do not try this, sorry, this City Connect nonsense that a lot of these teams are doing now with with creating these kind of cool alternate uniforms that they can sell in stores, which is which is kind of neat. Just just stick with the old Montreal Expos jerseys with with the they the, were awesome. Yeah, the the red and blue striping. Um, it looked like a good jersey. Yes. Um, you know, I few I, teams can pull off red, white, and blue. Yes, that was one of them. Yes. Um, I would I would love that. Uh, I, I'd love to have two teams in Canada. Then maybe you think about expansion of a of a couple of teams to uh, to Mexico City. To your point, and you make even more of a of an international game. I think that'd be kind of kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, especially after World Baseball Classic. Yes, they went crazy for that. That's a great point. The the other the other expansion idea I had was uh, was Costa Rica. Because it's a U.S. territory, and I mean, they've got phenomenal baseball down there. It might get a little dicey getting into Cuba and Dominican Republic, but Mm -hmm. but uh, Costa Rica or uh, or Puerto Rico, excuse me, Puerto Rico is uh, U.S. um, a U.S. territory. Tensions would certainly need to thaw considerably uh, to get a team in Cuba, uh, because right now that is that is still hot, very dicey. Yeah, but. Yeah, you're you're going into places where um, baseball is the best sport there. Absolutely, I, I think there might be some travel logistics that that you might need to think of in in getting there. But um, yeah, I, I certainly would would not have a problem with seeing that that game expand. I think baseball is trying. Uh, one thing I will give the sport credit for is that they are trying to you know branch out. London, which I still think is kind of weird playing in London because that's not a place where I would think baseball would really thrive. And the mm. last time, what did they bring? Red Sox and Yankees there was, was a couple of years ago, and all that was was just a bunch of home runs. It was it was just long ball after long ball. Um, yeah, I mean, that I, I see the effort there. Mexico City is a no-brainer. Um you know, taking it to areas that baseball is is big in, I think is is a good thing. Baseball's trying, football is trying, I think basketball is trying. You know, they have a you know the NBA has a league in Africa, um, so they've tried to kind of expand that way. Um, but I think at some point, in fact, this has been a conversation that's come up with the NFL. We'll we'll talk about it when we come back is that people have been trying to make the case that the NFL should just expand in general uh, to other countries. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that and, and kind of relate it here uh, here in a moment. First, our M. Dyer Global scoreboard, which is brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, we are watching uh, round number one of the U.S. Open, which is underway from Los Angeles Country Club. We'll have another update, by the way, uh, about 516. Ricky Fowler, Xander Shoffley, both firing 62s today. Uh, they are at eight under par. Uh, that 62 is the lowest round ever shot at a U.S. Open. And uh, two players did it today. We also had a hole in one today. The 50th, also in a major. Uh, the 50th in uh, U.S. Open history 
I believe that happened today. Major League Baseball, uh, guess who homered? Shohei. That's right. Shohei Otani went opposite field, 443 feet to the second deck of Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas. Angels lead 5-2, bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, Washington's got a one nothing lead on Houston, bottom nine. Cleveland, seven. Fathers, six as they go to the seventh. And the White Sox have a 2 nothing lead on the Los Angeles Dodgers, top three. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, always on the move. Traffic here off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center updates coming up in uh, less than 10 minutes. Uh, we'll get back to Los Angeles Country Club uh, for the U.S. Open, which is uh, which is kind of winding down here. Uh, most of the high scores we have seen, um, we've already seen right mm-hmm. now. We're, we're, we're seeing what looks like a – it feels like a very different golf course, actually, here in the uh, the later afternoon. What is it, almost, uh, almost 8 o'clock in L.A.? It's almost the garbage time. Yeah. That's what it kind of feels like. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's unfortunate that if garbage. I'm not watching it. Oh, the action's over. Yeah, it's unfortunate <laughs> that garbage time is on prime time on network television. It's the only the only bummer for NBC because uh, instead of showing golf, they have to show drone footage that looks cool because the, that the was golf's impressive. Not great. They flew a drone under the Huntington Beach Pier. Yeah, Santa Monica Pier. Excuse me. That's become uh, kind of a trend that, that people are doing. Drone flying in uh, in difficult areas. And you wonder how many takes it takes to do that. Have you seen the one from last year when the, the Cowboys were on hard knocks and they flew through their new practice facility with the drone in one take? I did see that, yes. That that was one of the coolest drone things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I don't know how people fly that. It's it's pretty incredible. There's also the other thing is the coordination that it took with people opening doors at the right time. Um, I think they went through like cheerleaders' legs as they were walking. Like, yeah, that's awkward. I, it is. It just <laughs> the, the the coordination for all of it, and the, you clip you know one leg, you, you clip one edge of that door, and that's thousands of dollars done. Right. Yeah. It's high risk, not a lot of reward, if you ask me. Goodbye, drone. Goodbye, drone. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I salute anybody who can get their drone's license and fly it and uh, and, and and be able to create some cool shots. Because I certainly can't. Me neither. Uh, Texture for the 497 has an idea for a show logo for us. Ooh. I hope our creative department's listening. An empty green bench. Okay. Two mics on the bench and a football helmet. A basketball, catcher's mitt, and a bat in the ground and or leaning on the bench. Okay. Does that sound like a potentially good logo for you to craft? I mean, I can see it right now. Okay. It would look like we aren't on the show anymore, though. That's, <laughs> that's my one thought is if you have the the mics in connection with the bench – then it looks like we've left the show. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I, I think I don't know how many people would think of that when they see it, though. Yeah. But it also means we are not sitting on the bench. Yep. Doing the show. So you almost can't have the mics in the picture. If we are going to go illustrative. 
See, this is why you are a graphic designer and I'm an idiot who talks. <laughs> uh, I have no experience here and you do. So I, I feel like, I, I don't know, I just feel like the simplest thing we could do here is just commission you as the official show logo creator. Uh, see if uh, see if you can get paid for it. Uh, I know I'm throwing that out wildly, and I'm sure the suits are like, Josh, don't. Just stop. Stop. Don't dig yourself in a hole. Just don't do it. But I feel like that's the easiest the, way to the go The sports here. animals have one, don't they? They had one from years ago, and they never updated it. It was like one of those. Uh, Sounds like money making opportunities right here. Yeah, it was. I, I think it had like a, a a diamond shape, and the sports animals lettering was actually no. I, I it, oh, that was a long time ago. There was. I think there was even a a vote. We had a couple of logos, and they had people take a vote on which logo they used. Hmm. Don't remember what one it was. <laughs> see, because as you know, people can't see a logo when they listen to the radio. That's right. Which it, it kind of does defeat the point. But um, radio is not just radio anymore. Radio is very much um, digital. It is uh, very much social media. It is very much content driven, not just by the sound of our voices, um, which is why you have to have an identity on, on social media and stuff like that. So, um, I, I think we have to go there. Yeah. Uh, hmm. co coming up, uh, we'll go back to, uh, to, to LA country club. I, I want to get your thoughts on kind of what we've seen in round number one uh, from the U S open plays pretty much wrapping up there. A uh, couple of 62s on the card today. And I want you to rank your majors when it comes to the balance between competitive and too hard, mm. uh, which is something that gets talked about, especially for two particular majors, the Open Championship and the U.S. Open. Yep. Who rides that balance the best? What? Uh, which one is more watchable to you uh, as a – you're our golf guy. Uh, you are our player. By the way, you're playing in the Manoa Cup next week. Next week, yeah. uh, and 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 you're going to be here still. Uh, your your tea time. Can we can we say what time your tea time is on Monday? Uh, yeah. Uh, qualifying round starts at seven thirty. So you're going to be up early, and then you're going to show up here. I try to be a consummate professional, Josh. Please shoot under par. That'd be awesome. Uh, Sports centers coming up here on the other side. It's off the bed. GSPN Honolulu. <laughs> You know, that's one way to celebrate the lowest round ever at the U.S. Open. It's just a Thursday. Xander Shoffley, uh, earlier today, he and Ricky Fowler both firing 62s at the uh, U.S. Open. That is the lowest round ever shot at the U.S. Open. That is, uh, that is certainly a way to downplay a really good round. Absolutely. But he's also very much right. Yeah. Um, Tournaments are four rounds long, and you could easily go from shooting a 62 to finding yourself uh, struggling the next day and and moving toward the cut line. You can shoot 82 in a heartbeat. Yeah. I, you know, at least the one thing is when you find yourself in that position, you, you put yourself – you give yourself a little bit of comfort um, at, at the top of the leaderboard. You can have kind of an okay day the very next day and still feel like you're going to make the weekend. 
even though that's not the mindset that you can take, but at least you've given yourself a little bit of, bit of a wiggle room with, with a two-shot lead after round one. Sure, and I think if you're anywhere in the top five, even with ties, you're thinking, I'm in contention for this thing. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can never go as far as to say this thing's in the bag. Right. But every single one of those guys that's in the mix up there is thinking, okay, amazing, brilliant start. Let's let's put another round together tomorrow and see where we're at um, heading into the weekend. Yeah. Um, in fact, the golf got so bad here at the end. NBC dug out before the final group finished. I'm sure ratings plummeted. <laughs> I am. I am sure they did. Um, and 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 you know who they they dug out on? Uh, an amateur at one over par who I, I've never heard of, and another guy I've never heard of, Austin Truslow, who's at two over par. And uh, Alex Shake or Shock at seven over par. Literally, that's every, why they dug out. Everybody in red numbers was done playing. Yeah, there was nothing exciting to see. Unfortunately, you know the other thing is to 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 go back to your point. This course is going to get harder tomorrow. There's there's no way that the USGA is going to look at that course after seeing. How many red numbers today? Um, they had, if I go through my math, they had 37 players under par. There is no way the USGA comes back tomorrow and says, hey, we want to see more red numbers tomorrow. No. Not for this major. No. U.S. Open, they typically like it around four or five under. Preferably, they want it around one or two or keep it around even. Mm-hmm. They want it hard. Yeah. So, yeah, this is not a tournament that you shoot 20 under par at. But it was it was funny. We were watching uh, toward the end of of NBC's coverage, and you were noting that <laughs> you saw them watering the fairway. I yeah. think it was, and you were you were a little surprised by that. Yeah, I'm, what are you doing? <laughs> if it drizzles throughout the night, or that that ocean marine layer provides some moisture, great. But you need as much help as you can to dry this thing out. If I'm the USGA, again, I'm not a golf official. I, I play golf, but uh, to me, you got to make this thing faster. You got to make it slicker. You got to make it harder, or they're going to keep throwing red numbers at you. Yeah, I, I've got to think you're going to see some corner placements, uh, pin placements. You're you're going to see some 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 really tough spots. Those par threes could be very much a difference maker on on uh, where they place some of those. Those par threes could kill you tomorrow. Yes, that that one par three can be stretched all the way to two ninety. Mm-hmm. And the other one can be brought all the way up to 78 yards. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. And that 78-yarder, you're like, did I hear that correct? Yes. They're able to do that because the green is surrounded by bunkers mm-hmm. on the the front side and the back side. So where the pin is going to be located, front right, and on the, uh, the T location all the way up, on the uh, the tee box, it's only going to be about 78 yards. And I don't care who's playing, that is not a full swing. Right. It's not a full swing. And you're wondering, okay, what's the big deal with that? Well, not a full swing. You can't adhere enough spin on the ball to mm. get it to mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. And so on a really tight area, on a tight green, you're not going to be able to have control to be able to go at that pin. So Ricky Fowler's even said he's going to play into the fairway right of the green and then just try to get a par out of it yikes yeah 
So just because it's shorter doesn't mean that it's easier. Right. I, I, you're, you're our golf guy. I say that all the time because it's true. <laughs> I, I have to reinforce that for the listener. Um, major championships are what I watch more than anything else. You watch a bunch of golf. You play golf. You're going to be in the Manoa Cup next week. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a sec. Um, when it comes to the balance of toughness yeah. and competitiveness, which is the major that tops the list for you? Is it this one or is it the Open Championship? If it's storming the Open. Okay. Because they'll play through that. Absolutely. I mean, it could be hailing and they will still play it. It's it's a an ode to the tradition of, of golf. Mm-hmm. And depending on... Uh, the time of year, the location, you know, St. Andrews, for instance, it's right on the, the side of the ocean. Storms happen there all the time. And it's a big part of the, the storyline every year is when you, uh, when you tee off and how that uh, choreographs with, uh, with, weather, with weather patterns. So to me, when you ask about that, I think of open championship first of all, link style golf. Link style golf. Um, although there's less emphasis on the manicuring of the courses yeah. to make them tricky, it's just tricky on its own. Right. Um, Which where, I think is great. Yeah. Oh, me too. Whereas the U.S. Open, so much of it is is predicated on the USGA making it the toughest test in golf. Yep. As they say. To me, that's what majors should be. I don't. I don't want to see a a major champion shooting 12 under par for a tournament. Like if, if a major champion is at, even at, at, at even to me, that's a, that's a fun major. Like I, I'm, I, I know some of you golfers, you're listening in and you, you want to see, you want to see good golf. I want to see bad golf. Hmm. Is it, is that bad of me to say no. that I want to see bad golf? No, I don't, I I think uh I mean up until today no one had ever shot one other only one other person had shot a 62 in a major. Mm-hmm. So that's how difficult it is. These are the best players in the world. They're right. consistently shooting in the low 60s. So that that that's what you're going to get. Majors are the longest, they're the toughest, they're the trickiest and they mean the most. Right. So which usually comes with more pressure. Uh, I, I'm with you. I I do like drama though. So no matter what the score is, I want it to be close at the end with, with a couple of guys because I, I, to me it, that makes for the most drama. Unless you have uh, a Tiger Woods yeah. uh, on on the last few holes, like a ten stroke lead on someone, and we'll see Absolutely. you guys on the phones. We'll go to you in a second here at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. The other the only other thing I liked about today. Um, or one of the few things I like today about, you know, outside of the fact that you had 30-plus players in red numbers, you had names here in, in round number one. Sometimes you'll get a couple of names here. You'll get, you know, a couple of unknown guys, and you, you'll kind of, you know, wade through it toward the end of the tournament. You you look at the red numbers today. Fowler Shoffley, 8 under par. Dustin Johnson, 6 under par. Rory McIlroy, 5 under par. Bryson DeChambeau, 3 under par. Scotty Scheffler, 3 under par. Um, yeah. You, know, you, you go on down the line. Homa, 2 under par. Finau, 2 under par. Um, Hovland, 1 under par. John Rahm, the Masters champ at 1 under par. Phil's at 1 under par. Yeah, Phil. Remember, yep. he doesn't have one of these. Yep. He's, uh, he's still looking. You got names right there at the top, which is uh, which is good early. 
I told you uh, yesterday, it's amazing how the best players in the world find their way to the top of the leaderboard mm-hmm. when it matters the most. It's, yep. it's no shock that they have the world rankings um, as as high or low, however you look at it, the way that they do. They turn up, and they are the best in the world for the reason. So um, any number of those guys could go crazy low um, throughout the next few days. Let's say hi to Paul at 808-296-1420. Paul, hi. Oh, hi. Hi, guys. You know, can I make a public service announcement first? You know, if you order the Wagyu burger at uh, uh, Arby's, you can't because they need gas. And I had a, um, I had a suggestion for the... Um, Man, that was not the, only the that was not out of left field. That was out of foul territory. <laughs> wow. Um, a- anyway. Your suggestion for your um, off-the-bench logo. You, you should, uh, like, draw a bench with all... As many sports things as you can, and um, you know, make it make a, a an empty uh, microphone stand to suggest that you guys are off the bench and you're broadcasting, but you're not playing. Okay, thanks. Good luck tomorrow, uh, uh, all around athlete. Thank Bye. you, Paul. Thanks, brother. Uh, tomorrow he's not playing. It's okay. It'll be next week. That's all right. Uh, Monday is qualifying, and then if I qualify into the tournament, then we'll have match play starting on Tuesday. You know, it's funny. I I, I look at what our call screener uh, Liz puts on the, on the sheet: golf and off the bench logo. We got zero golf on that call. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I I feel like there was a uh, there was an audible called. That we were not aware of before we uh, we we put the phone on. Um, they are bringing back gas, by the way, Paul. The uh, the the union in Hawaii gas did come to an agreement. Uh, was it <laughs> yesterday or was it the day before? So, uh, so gas is coming for those that uh, that have been waiting. Anyway, um, what do you think of that logo? Um, Empty mic stands, which which kind of insinuates that we've taken the microphones with us off the bench. Yeah, to, to me, I, with, with branding, you have to think about the focus. Mm-hmm. What, what is the objective? Mm-hmm. And so, with a brand, with a name like Off the Bench, yes, we it's already insinuated that that it's a show because of our affiliation with ESPN. Yeah. So, to me, it's just about the bench. Okay, so the more things you put on the bench, it's more clutter. That's right, and you don't and want clutter. It all depends on who, who the designer they, is. Sometimes the segments on this show yep. can be very much clutter. That's right. See Vegas baseball name ideas. Yep. As much clutter as we've had all week, um, and and the other thing, not that I'm an expert in this at all, but uh, you could draw a. a, a, a you could draw a visual of an empty mic stand. I'm willing to believe eight out of ten people won't know that it's an empty mic stand. It, it might just they'll look think like a, it's just like a pole or a stick. Like, why is this stick here? Yep. But you know what? I I uh, I, I appreciate the effort. Me, me too. And in, in my experience with graphic design, simple is king. Mm-hmm. The simple and more uh, bold you can make something, the better. You know what I noticed that um, just. Did not come to my mind until right now. None of these ideas included our faces. Yeah. That's a that's a clear shot at 
the the whole face for radio thing that people talked about all the time. That was the first thing my dad told me. Did he really? It's the first thing. I always knew you had a face built for radio. Thanks, Dad. I've known I've had a face for radio since birth. It is. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? I embrace it. I'm okay with it. That's why I'm here. Uh, we'll check in at the uh, L.A. Country Club. Uh, one final U.S. Open update. Uh, as uh, play is pretty much just wrapped up. We'll get to some of your texts via the Zephyr Insurance text line. It's off the bench. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center updates about nine minutes away. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, by the way, if you missed Iran Ganat with the sports animals, uh, they were on uh, with him as uh, Hawaii announced uh, yesterday. No, this morning. I beg your pardon. Uh, these these days just kind of go together. Um, that they're uh, taking a summer trip to Japan. They're gonna play a few teams out there. A lot of teams take these international trips when they're allowed to every every few years, and so Hawaii's going to Japan. Uh, Iran Ganat was on with the guys. Uh, it was also announced today, uh, Portland is replacing St. Mary's in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. But if you missed that conversation, check out the Sports Animals On Demand at ESPNHonolulu.com. So um, always a good conversation there. Text for you, Hunter. Uh, this is from Scott, who texts into the Zephyr Insurance text line. What's up, Scott? Scott says, major golf tournaments like to see the pros putting for pars rather than birdies. That's when you know the course is playing hard. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, watching guys fist pump over pars is uh, is exciting to see. Um, you know, th- this, this course, to me, especially when it's soft, is, is gettable. Mm-hmm. The USGA a few years back uh, for the 2020 uh, U.S. Open at Winged Foot got a lot of flack for it being too difficult. I hate. I remember that, and I I couldn't stand hearing that. Me, me neither. Not everyone played bad. Play better. <laughs> right. <laughs> to to me that that is the 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 biggest cop out. I and. I, I am a golfer, but golfers are soft. When they say it's the toughest test in golf, they say it for a reason. That's right. Not for you to be like, oh, it's too tough of a toughest test for golf, so we're going to baby it a little. That was also the tournament where Phil Mickelson ran that ball by the hole and then oh, ran around right. and hit it while it was moving. Yep. Oh, Phil. Yep. This is the one major that's gotten away from Phil. Yep. Speaking of golf, uh, you're going to be playing at the Manoa Cup. We've said it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Best finish for you at the Manoa Cup. What is it? Uh, Final Four. Oh, no way. Yeah. When was that? 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. So super fun. I, I'm going to give Hunter credit here because he's going to he's going to pull double duty. I mean, we have Thursday off because of the NBA draft. Yep. So. Um, your schedule, you're going to be up early. So take me through your routine because your tee time on Monday in the first round is what, 730? Uh, yep. Uh, so qualifying round okay, is, is, on, yeah. is on Monday. There's uh, there's 80 guys um, that are on the roster right now. So 80 guys so far in the tournament mm-hmm. playing for 64 spots. Okay. Um, and then when you go bracket style, they set up that. a huge bracket on the lanai of Oahu Country Club, just like March Madness. Mm-hmm. And everybody that played sports in college, they put 
your college's logo next to your name. Oh, cool. It's really cool. So it, it feels like you're in March Madness. Uh-huh. Um, and so the top 64 scores get to play in the bracket, and then you play match play survive in advance style through uh-huh. the rest of the week. Okay. So I, I don't know what my tea time is going to look like on Tuesday, boss. But uh, it, generally, all of uh, match play will be in the early morning. So I, I, I don't foresee there being an issue. Me being the uh, the novice here, yeah. How long does it take you to get through through a round? It it depends. Um, for you to get through eighteen holes, generally speaking, it's about four hours. Okay. Um, now in match play, if you're doing well or you're not doing well, <laughs> it could end early. It could certainly end earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Much much earlier than that. I've I've had rounds just uh, just shy of three hours. Okay. Um, and then you're like, wow, I've, I can go home. Um, those are those are good days. Okay. Um, so it, it really just depends. Um, Oahu Country Club is known for a bunch of wind, usually some showers coming over the poly, and uh, usually lends itself. We, we, we like the term uh, spiritual. Um, Interesting. Just because you, you have to dig down deep and you have to be in control of your game and uh, the elements can't affect you because um, you will run into those up there. So it's a it's um, a tremendous test for your game, a tremendous test for your stamina. The back nine of OCC is basically like a hike. Okay. Um, you're going up and down the side of the mountain um, back there in um, in that valley, actually. Oh, I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's on it's it's on his uh, it's on the water, water bottle. bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, in the thirty seconds we have here, well, less than that. How many uh, coconut water bottles are you going to have in your bag? Uh-huh. At least one a day. Okay, good All call. Right. Uh, don't forget, you can go to our YouTube page, readyespnhonolulu.com, to check out Athletes. It's hosted by our own Cole Malsoff and the most recent episode, Ashley Thompson, Kelsey, my eating food from Andy's sandwiches and smoothies and talking story with Cole. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. By the way, future episode features Braden Shaker. Mm. Look out for that. That's coming soon. Uh, we've got traffic on the way uh, in seconds. We've got Sports Center coming up in just a little bit. You are listening to Off the Bench. This is ESPN Honolulu. Final words coming up in a few. Uh, my final words uh, shout out to uh, USC. Hmm. We talk about on-campus stuff at, at UH. USC is uh, doing something about their on-campus stuff, and uh, we'll talk about that coming up uh, in just a little while. This is something we were, we were hoping to get to yesterday. Never got a chance to do it, but um, we recall back in January, not long after um, Georgia won the national championship. You had the death of of two players in what was it seemed like a a racing incident. Yeah, uh, that that took place. Uh, a staffer and a and a player um, both died, and um, you know that that you would think that that would lead to um, a changing of ways. Right, you would yes. you would think when you lose people in your 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 football family that something would change. Apparently not. Uh, two 
publications have done research on this, both the uh, both ESPN and I think the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Yeah, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution was the other. And they looked into the traffic incidents that have taken place involving Georgia football players since that traffic crash on January 15th. And here's what they have found. Ten reports of traffic-related moving violations in one county alone, that's Athens-Clark County, um, involving players in their cars. 60 additional moving violations since the beginning of the 2021 academic year, including speeding, distracted and reckless driving, and disobeying traffic signs. And 30 of those have happened since last summer. Now, this was a topic last summer. Kirby Smart said that police officials met with the team about the dangers of street racing, which you should never have to have that conversation about the dangers of street racing. You should already know it's a no-no. But these findings also show, here's more numbers. But they're kids. True. True. Since Kirby Smart became the head coach at Georgia in 2015, Georgia players have been charged with three, nearly 300 traffic offenses in the last eight years. And some of this does not account for all of the information. We know what happened on January 15th, right? We, we know that. There are some other things that are uh, disturbing. Here's one, for example. One month after that crash, calls came into a county police department complaining of cars street racing, revving engines, burning rubber, and doing donuts on a road. The same road where the crash happened in January that killed two people. The same one. One of them, a 2019 Lamborghini luxury SUV registered to a player. Value, $200,000. Current player? Current player. Running back Kendall Milton. Man, these NIL deals, man. No record of any citations being issued. March 31st. Same road. Cars racing, driving recklessly, swerving between lanes. One of the cars, a gray Dodge Charger with a license plate registered to Georgia defensive back Tyke Smith. Officer arrives on scene. Does not notice any erratic driving. No citation. You've had reckless driving and speeding from a receiver. That receiver's arraignment's coming up in July. A warning to an offensive lineman for riding on roadways and bicycle paths. A ticket to a wide receiver for driving 81 in a 45-mile-an-hour zone. Mm. A punter cited for following too closely got into an accident. And a citation to someone for uh, failing to obey a red light. And then in May, you had a player, a wide receiver, who was involved in one of the earlier incidents, arrested on multiple driving-related charges, including driving under the influence on drugs. No word on whether George has punished any of these people. It's maddening because, again, you lost two people on your team. A staffer and a player. You would think, and I and I, I get what you said earlier about, well, they're kids. To me, 
You're above the you're above the age of seventeen. You're no longer a kid. I'm, I, I know I'm what you mean you. though. You would you would be amazed the conversations that we had here at UH mm-hmm. from the coaches to student athletes where I'm like, are we in junior high right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. Couldn't believe it. Had to have one player's mom come to practice to make sure he came to practice on time. Whoa. Yes. This is what I mean about we're talking about children here. Multiple instances of past teammates stealing from each other in the locker room. I mean, I thought we were adults here. Right. Like, I, I, it's easy to kind of look at a situation like this because George is at the top. Yeah. They're... Football recruiting budget is more than any other school. Their NIL deals are probably more than any other school, which is why their running back can afford a Lamborghini. You wanted to pay college athletes. This is what's going to happen. That people who aren't at a point in their lives for them to understand certain things, they're going to act out like this. If I was Kirby Smart, I would find the biggest piece of paper that I possibly could and print out a picture of Henry Ruggs mm. in, his, in his jail outfit and put that right in front of the locker room. But you see, that would, that, that would, would, uh, would bring the message home because they can't... They, Josh, I, I'm just letting you in on of it. Course, they, they of course. They cannot fathom the consequences of potentially killing somebody. They're above all of that. They're invincible. And someone's giving me millions of dollars for just running the football. That They are above the law. They see themselves as that. Everyone around Athens shakes their hands. Hey, how's it going, man? You, oh, come to my restaurant. You don't, you don't got to pay for anything. They are above it all. What they aren't above, though, to me, Henry Ruggs was in your exact shoes two years ago. Guess what? His football career is over. And he was a professional. He wasn't even in college. He, right. he passed that point. He was a professional playing with the Raiders. Good chance his life is going to be in jail for the next considerable amount. Manslaughter. To me, you don't even need to put Henry Ruggs' picture on a paper. But, I mean, you, you don't even need... I think it was Jalen Carter who was, who was involved in the accident. Um, and he, he, his draft stock fell. From that. But, but that, but that doesn't matter. Got to me. Drafted. Right. I, that part doesn't matter to me. You know what you need to do? Every time you walk into the facility, have a picture of the two people whose lives got lost. Mm. If that doesn't impact you every day when you walk in to make good choices, um I don't know what does. The word that comes to mind is selfish. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know I'm with you there. I'm I'm reminded I've seen this on social media. I think it is uh, I, I think in one of the restrooms actually at at um, UH for the players, I think they actually have a photo. There's 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 different kinds of selfish, right? And and every coach has a different way of getting that word across. Like, you know, for even little things like if your pee is yellow, you're selfish. If you're not doing the work you're supposed to be doing to 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 be you know healthy and the right shape, that's selfish. Mm. You know, if you, after seeing two members of your football family, can't you know can't stop yourself from racing on a road where you where where you could harm innocent people, where you could harm yourself, yeah. you could harm your teammate. 
That's selfish. And I'm, I'm led to this other question that comes to mind. Why do I want those people on my team? You know, that's the thing that Kirby Smart has to be faulted for. Because you can't preach... You can't preach team, putting team over self. You can't preach, um, you know, looking out for one another. You can't preach everything that a coach tries to preach to his players and then be okay with 300 different violations over an eight-year period. Um, You know, everything from the very minor to the incredibly reckless. And... What's your course of action? Having the police department come in to talk to players? That's not a course of action. That's a, we know what's going on, get yourself straight. But that's not a course of action. That's not an appropriate course of action. Um, And I'm going to let you in on something more. Please. Every single one of those police officers in Athens, Kirby Smart has in his phone. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. If one thing leads to another and they get somebody, it's one phone call away from it disappearing. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's it's interesting you say that because in the ESPN piece, they note an individual on Kirby Smart staff who is the director of player support operations. But to some people, he is considered as a fixer. There we go. This is the paragraph from the ESPN story, and I quote, uh, Bryant Gant is known as the program's fixer because of his practice of helping athletes with criminal matters and acting as a liaison with law enforcement. His name appears on several police reports obtained by ESPN, including two for Jalen Carter, often with a notation that he has paid a fine or has been asked to be notified of law enforcement's interaction with players. Emails obtained by ESPN show police department employees providing information to Gant about traffic-related incidents. And some would say that that's ridiculous. How are these athletes allowed to continue to do this? Think about the economical impact that Georgia football has on the city of Athens. Mm -hmm. It is the lifeblood of that city. You cannot convince me otherwise. Oh, you're right. And and a lot of college programs are like that. That's right. Especially in the South. And the reason why... Schools like Alabama are able to bring Tua, his whole family, set them up in a house, and they aren't in trouble for recruiting is because these communities keep their mouths shut. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just the sad reality of it. They've been doing it this way for a long time. Yep. I'll I'll go back to my last thought. Um if you're a coach, to, to wrap up my last thought, you, you can't preach team over self. You can't preach not being selfish and then allow a number of – some of those incidents that, that I mentioned there are are not like, oh, he went like 15 miles over the speed no. limit. 80 They're, and a 40 is ridiculous. Racing is ridiculous. You can't, as a coach, preach that stuff. And then not take discipline for those that are extreme in some of those violations or have multiple violations. Especially now. Yeah. Um, I don't care if you're a two-time champion or not. Me neither. Like, to me, it just shows that you're you're so I, much must... of a player's coach that you're willing to let stuff slide because 
You want to win. It to me that that sounds like more of a cultural issue, maybe outside of the school, than even just internally in the football program. Mm-hmm. If this goes back, you said eight years. Yeah, and th- there's almost this. Again, I'm I'm I will admit that I'm uninformed. Okay, but. I think we all are. I mean, yeah. we're kind of learning it here. But if there's almost a culture of drag racing around the University of Georgia, it, it's something that's going to be an issue. We don't have drag racing issues, as far as I know, here at University of Hawaii. Because uh-huh. everybody's Good. on scooters. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so it, it's just you don't have that to deal with over here. It's a different environment. Um, where as much as Kirby can say some stuff, I... Man, I I don't know. It it's bigger than that to me. I know what I would do. If uh, you know, I I I go back to that January incident often because I, that's 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 the baseline. Yeah. That incident happens, and you still have members of your team drag racing. I dismiss them. To me, it shows that you have no compassion and no remorse for seeing people in your in your football family lose their lives because yeah. of something that didn't need to happen. And you want to be selfish and continue to do that, you shouldn't have a place on that football team. Not after something tragic like that happens. Yeah. But again, if Kirby Smart can't place discipline, then it it's uh it shows what he is more interested in. This is not a comparison. I know we got to hit a break here in a moment. This is not a comparison. I want to make very clear. Art Bryles, mm. all of the sexual assault incidents that happened under his watch that he seemingly did nothing about. Yep. Or Louisville. And I'm not going to compare types of crimes. I'm yep. not going to compare any of that. But there's a coach that watched stuff or was told of stuff and didn't care. Guess what? Art Bryles is, has they, they, people have tried to hire him, and with all the backlash, he's still unemployed. Um, I don't know why, even though this, is, again, not comparing, I don't know why we're not holding Kirby Smart to more of a... Uh, uh, holding his feet to the fire a little bit more over a culture issue. I think because it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen within the confines of football. Unfortunately, I hate that that's the case. But uh-huh. it, like, they're free to do whatever they want in their free time. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I I, I am on a um, principle stand. I'm with you. It. It it would be it'd be really hard to implement. Uh, there was a text here. Uh, this is Thomas. Do you see that there are over three hundred traffic violations committed by Georgia players? I want to be fair. So does this insinuate serious offenses, or is this lumping in busted taillights and doing five over the speed limit? Also, how does this compare to other schools during the same time period? That's a good question. I don't know how this compares to to other schools over the same time period. I, you know, this is a. Um, there's a in, focus on Georgia because and, of what's happened. And there's a reason why they focused That's on right. Georgia. Um, they make clear this is um, ESPN's analysis does not account for non-moving violations such as seatbelt and parking tickets. Um, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's investigation included minor offenses um, like failing to wear a seatbelt, and traffic violations from other counties and states. Note that. It's not just in this one county. It's 
it's broad. Mm. Um, and but you know you have community members who are hearing like burning rubber and drag racing in their communities, and they're like, "Can you guys get these people to stop?" Uh, read the piece, whether it's in the AJC or on on ESPN. It's it's um, it's disturbing, frankly, um, to see a lot of that continue. Um, very weird transition here, but we have to because we need to tell you about the seven dollar fifty cent special at the Pagoda Restaurant. Mention ESPN Honolulu. Uh, you could get two eggs, Portuguese sausage, and rice or toast, or choose pancakes, waffles, sweetbread, French toast, or omelets. Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 a.m. Weekends until noon. For details and menu, visit PagodaHawaii.com. Traffic in a wrap next. It's off the bench. Be on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Freddie and Fitzsimmons is coming up in about eight minutes. B texts in here on our Zephyr Insurance text line says, Hunter's good. Give him the golf week totally off so he can win the thing. <laughs> Talking about uh, you at the Manoa Cup next week. Thanks, man. Um, Thank I, you, but it, it's, it's working out perfectly. We're not the morning show, and golf happens in the morning, so... I'm looking forward to next week. Now, Golf in the morning, I, off the bench in the afternoon. Now, I did say that uh, if you find yourself in a position where uh, you know, your your tea time runs up, uh, you know you got to roll in late. Roll in late. I totally understand. You're 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 competing for a title, so I I, I did give that ability if uh, if you run a little bit long. But uh, hunters, uh, hunters, good. Hunters, commitment's good. So I, I said. If you can't make a show, it means you're playing well. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you had a chance to win, go for it. Which the only show that it would run into would be Friday. Mm. And if I'm not in that one, that means I'm in the Final Four. Yeah. So I'd, I'd be willing to uh, get a slap on the wrist from ESPN if it ever happened. But I don't think that would even happen. So. I don't, I don't. I, I won't speak for the suits. But yep. as technically I'm I'm your boss, kind yep. of. Mm-hmm. Um I will just say I'm not going to slap you on the wrist for that. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, final words. We really have like a minute. So, Hunter, it's all you. Oh, man. Uh, I was hoping to go positive, but the only thing that's on my mind is McGregor. McGregor Conor McGregor. McGregor is such a sideshow these days, and I loved the guy. I, I, I really could care less about UFC until McGregor came around, and really since Deion Sanders we 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 hadn't had a trash talking back it up on the field right. kind of a guy and for, from a comedy standpoint he was hilarious yeah he's just pathetic now um it's come out that uh he sexually assaulted someone allegedly allegedly last week uh during the NBA finals game and this is the same game in which he punched the mascot twice and sent him to the ER it's part of a stunt uh that was but still that thing's not made of foam it's it's just made of air so you're literally punching the guy in the costume in the face right. twice he's also punched like a 60 year old man in a bar yeah, he's he's got issues. By the way, the Miami Heat say they're investigating because the allegation alleges the Heat and NBA security were involved in this. So there certainly is an investigation of that. I'll see you tomorrow. Freddie and Fitzsimmons is next.